welcome to the podcast. I'm Ross. <laughs> and I am Phil. And this is Ross and Phil Talk Movies. Good off. Good morning, everyone. Hello. Good afternoon. Good, 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 good evening. Good, good what? <laughs> good morning. How are we all? How are we doing? How's lockdown, Ross? How's lockdown treating you? Uh, I had enough. <laughs> I've, I've, I've definitely had enough. Like, I, yeah. I'm, You're over it now, are you? I'm, I'm not. Well, only because um, everyone else seems to have had enough, so that seems fine. So why shouldn't I just jump in and be a dick like everybody else at the moment? And I know that sounds a bit mean, but holy shit, there are dicks out. Holy shit. Again, we talked about this last time, I think, but in the beginning days, people were very nice. And even the first few weeks, let's say, generally very nice. Dicks were the exception. And now, uh, yeah, uh, uh, people need to wind it in a bit. When you get British people now behaving like Americans, like like they just had this protest yesterday in Hyde Park. Did you, did you hear about this? Oh, you're joking. And a, a policewoman friend of mine sent it to me uh, before, like sent me it like a, there was like this flyer that had gone out, like I guess online. And of course they get informed and stuff. And it was just, the wording on it was just very American. Like, like, like ignorance. I, I can't even, let's celebrate life. It's like, but fuck off. Celebrate life by, by actually trying to preserve it. The idiot. <laughs> the uh, idiot. Like, whoever wrote that, the idiot. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I totally get that, like, I totally get that the British public are frustrated because, you know, and I, I've not in any way come out to criticise the government, Boris, or anything, because my, my honest opinion is, however well or not well they are doing, Mm. No other government would be, would do more or less well. Because yeah, I I, I come I, I've got to say I've come round to that. I think the problem is is how they present. Yeah, and, and they, that's they, the they, issue, they they present like they, they they present like they do not care, and that it is a chore. They're yeah. like, well, I've got to do is talk. And, it's and like, I think the message is behave. Could you just behave? Well, that, that's definitely. I mean, that most recent set of announcements were people were, were commenting on like, and I was like, let's have a look. And then I was like, no, people are right. This is just absurd. Like the wording is absurd. And it sounds like they've said it because they've got to say something and my, they don't care how people are going to respond to it. That's, that's know, my concern. Not not whether they're affecting yeah. themselves. There's a real problem with how they're presenting. You know how, um, you know that great Travolta meme that goes round of Travolta from Pulp Fiction looking for things? Oh, yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah, there was a great one that, that, that for stay, like Travolta staying alert for the virus. Yeah. And it was just him looking around for the virus. I thought it was fucking brilliant, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, you know, this is your weekly-ish um, coronavirus-free, mostly, uh, trip through movies sometimes. <laughs> oh, can <laughs> I just get say, started? Just, on. just on this point, just on this point, for the first time ever uh, during this whole situation, uh, Jenny and I went to Canary Wharf. We actually went earlier in the week for, I had like a, what they call a diabetic follow-up consultation stuff uh, which was at canary wharf with the excellent babylon gp i will uh recommend them a lot uh they were very good uh but we when we went there we realized that waitrose was open obviously because you know supermarkets and it was very nice and uh, we went back yesterday for the for the weekend because they had the clothes department like it's like it was like going to a proper shop yeah like, yeah like, like which is such a relief and such a pleasant situation but the point i'm getting to is for the first time we actually wore masks uh and, yes i have a mask yeah i we hadn't done it before i think it was just because there were so many people we we, we we actually this is all sort of boring we we returned a load of a load of stuff to amazon via the post office which who were super helpful really good i've got to say i'm just i'm really appreciative of people who are actually being helpful and yeah, useful no, i'm with you on that uh, and i had masks for sale in the post office so anyone who's got problems buying masks you can literally, they literally have envelopes of masks, like twos, fours, whatever. So if you really want to get them, go to your post office if it's open, because they appear to be doing that, which is very useful. A pound each, so not bad, if you know what I mean, uh, in general. Anyway, point is, we got them. <clears throat> and because there were so many people, we felt it was appropriate. It was, it was just being responsible, I guess, is, in, in a month. Which so is slightly people. ironic, because normally Canary Wharf on a Saturday is fucking dead. Oh, we made comments of that. It, like, it, Waitrose was open, and Pret is open, and I can't stand Pret, but any port in a storm. For yeah, no, I know. I take a Pret coffee, coffee over anything or, right now. Yeah, iced coffee, absolutely fine. Um, And so we got in the queue, and we just felt it was 
like we've we've been thinking about it before. We've actually ordered a couple of nicer ones. You know. Anyway, um, and I, here's the thing that nobody has talked about that I'm aware of. And in fact, cool. one friend of mine posted about an adjacent issue. So I wear glasses, and when you wear those masks, your glasses constantly fog up. Yeah, constantly. There's no yep. way of getting around it. So that's kind of weird. You and can get anti-fogging thing. stuff to put on wind oh. windscreens of cars, oh. and that will work on glasses. I might genuinely look into that if, if this is going to go off longer. But the, the other issue, and no one, I haven't seen anyone post about this, it's fucking difficult to breathe in a face mask. Yeah. Like, I, I started getting <laughs> what could only be described as corona-like like symptoms. Like, my chest was tight. I found it hard to breathe. Like, I was breathing it's, very shallowly. You know it's it's psychological until, well. It, I'm sure it's partly psychological. But bearing in mind, I used to have, um, not recently, but some years ago, I had asthma. Yes. And it felt like asthmatic symptoms. Yeah. And uh, and that continued, by the way, into the, like, like we got back at about, so we only wore the mask, so I probably only wore the mask for an hour and a half, maybe. Um, and up until when I went to bed last night, my chest was tight. I was genuinely and, getting a bit panicky and weird about it. And, and everyone no listening to this, about. just bear that in mind when you see all the people on the NHS that have to do yeah. this for living while yes. saving people's lives, right? Yes. Don't be absolutely. a Absolutely. Um, did you feel a little bit like Bane? No, I felt um, I felt like we were kind of did creepy you, doctors in Silent Hill. Uh, yeah, did you did you do a Bane impression when you put the mask on though? No, because no one would have heard it. <laughs> I did it. I so started to do a Bane impression, and I was like, like I can't do that going out. I just I will look like a dick. Anyway, think, before we get started, I think I described Tom Hardy. As Bane, as sounding like Windsor Davis sucking a fruit pastel. There was something my, very odd about that. My favourite version of Bane ever mm. is on the Harley Quinn TV show. Fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, isn't where they brilliant? they're basically taking the piss out of Tom Hardy's Bane. It's brilliant. It's Love really that show. It's a great show. Love it's fantastic. That. Yeah. Um, before and before we get started on our usual roundup, and today we're going to talk mm. about our favourite British films, not the best, our favourite, because you know. Um. I just want to give you a nod for a recommendation you made to me about a year ago that I ignored. <laughs> but lockdown has been a bitch, right? Um, okay. So I started watching The Orville. Oh, it's wonderful. It's, what a weird it's mix wonderful. of really good sci-fi and really funny comedy. And also, I think what's interesting is the first two, it's almost like it's a parody of Next Generation. Yeah. Al- almost. Not, not parody exactly, but very like loving. Love. I don't want to say sp- it's not a spoof. But here's the funny thing. The thir- it's either the third or fourth episode. There's an episode where someone gets captured and interrogated. And then it becomes properly, like, it's Next Generation, but it's got funny bits. I'm, so I'm on, like, episode, like I'm on episode four, I think. Yeah, oh, okay. so I'm watching episode four. Episode three is the one with the, the, the debate about um, sex, like, changing someone's gender. Oh, yes. Well, the baby. Like, the baby. This yeah, is the baby. I'm like, yes, it's brilliant. And at the end, I mean, spoilers, but it is from two years ago, right? And yeah. at the end, where it, it doesn't all turn out well, I was like, mm. oh, shit, this show's got some chops, man. This show's more than just a it's, comedy. It's the most Star Trek show, including Discovery. It is yeah. the most Star Trek show we've had in a long time. And it's brilliant. It becomes not- even more brilliant as you go through. It's brilliant. And on the subject of uh, Star mm-hmm. Trek, they've just grew very, yeah, the Captain very, Pike, very number exciting. one Spock TV show. <gasps> oh my god! Anson Mount, Ethan Pecker, Rebecca Romain, and the title "Strange New Worlds." Yeah, I, love, I genuinely love that. I, like, it just, I, I love that. How good was Anson Mount in the second series of Discovery? Fantastic, fantastic! What a, what a recovery from his Inhumans debacle. <laughs> yes, no, this is, and this is it. Like, oh. like he. He came in and actually gave me one of my favourite captains uh, mm. in the history of Star Trek. Genuinely brilliant. Genuinely exciting. And, and, the material's yeah, the, fantastic. The, the series was, uh, you know, it was good. He, I think he took it that season to being exceptional. And even and, Peck as well. I don't think we should just... Yeah, even, even Peck, Peck was great very, as very good. And very Re- good. Rebecca Romaine as number one. She was only in it like one episode, I think. She, she was in was, it, I think, yeah, she had literally like, well, even two, maybe a couple of appearances, but she was great. She's and, brilliant. Yeah, it's very, very exciting. It, it's very exciting. Like, and obviously they're doing something with Michelle Yeoh for um, 
uh section 32 or whatever it's called oh uh, yes that's right yeah and so so like i'm loving the fact that star trek has finally like whatever your thoughts and i thought picard overall was a bit ropey if it i'm honest lot i will say first episode i genuinely thought was lame like lame as fuck it was lovely seeing him but i thought all that act i thought it was terrible I, I genuinely thought the first episode was terrible but by episode three, it, it started getting me. It started. It, by the end, it was it, never bad, and it has Alison Killings, who I, I adore. I genuinely think the first one was. I genuinely think the first episode was poor, but, and it really like, upset me. I, I love some of the cameos in it. I love some of yes, like the appearances. Terrific. Some of the oh, stuff in the, it. the last episode with Riker. I mean, Riker was in it a couple, but that yeah, the last. Episode I mean, it made no fucking, fucking sense whatsoever. Doesn't matter. But. It was outstanding. When he <laughs> appeared on screen in the chair yeah 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 <laughs> i don't think i knew how much i cared i don't think i knew how much i cared it's amazing isn't I it really... that like people that haven't yeah. been on screen in 20 years exactly. and i was just like do you know what as nice as a as a picard series is i want Riker. yeah i want, I want to be a main, well, i want Riker in yeah in a more permanent role like the first episode he was in was great and he looked like a bear <laughs> like, yeah. and, and then to see it but then to see him in suit in the chair, looking very However, different from the previous appearance. Yeah, I did think the episode overall was a massive disappointment. The last one, the, the, oh, the yeah. ending of what they did with Picard was total bullshit. I felt, yeah, that was total a bit, bullshit. It was a bit like, why go that way if he's gonna, just going to get older and older? <laughs> Jerry, there's something yeah. a bit weird about that. Um, I still overall really, really, and I loved the date, the data, and I'm hoping that's not the last we see of data actually. Because, but that was a beautiful. <laughs> I think he said it's the last time he'll play Data. Yeah, that doesn't mean he won't be in it. In, yeah, in totally. Anyway, uh, so Ross, what were the last films you saw, modern and not modern, or recent <laughs> well, pretty, or not recent? This, this, this is pretty straightforward because I saw both of them yesterday. Oh okay. no. So, so the, the the film I saw that is not the most recently released one, if that makes sense. So, so the last older film that I saw. Yeah. Actually, I want to give. I do want to give a token mention to one other, but other than that, it's all good. Um. So the token mention is Fled, the Stephen Baldwin Lawrence Fisher. Oh, fuck my life. It's fucking great. I haven't seen it's that fucking in great. years. It's on Netflix. That it's ends up in a hospital, doesn't it? It's a crazy action scene, isn't it? All the way through. Yeah. Um, Does it Robert end up John in a hospital? Am I right? No, it's like a, it's like a cable car or something. Oh, OK. So the, no, I'm thinking, <laughs> desperate, I'm thinking the Michael Keaton one. Oh, Desperate Measures is fantastic. Yeah. No, not Desperate Measures. Extreme. No. Extreme. Measures. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> there's like extreme there's extreme measures which is for the hugh grant one there's desperate hours which is mickey rourke and there's desperate measures which is michael uh keaton and andy garcia yes that's the one brilliant that's film that brilliant unseen film from the 90s right? really really terrific action thriller like really terrific yeah, yeah um but no this was flat and like i say just as a token so ex- so exciting still really brilliant like will Patton, like everyone in it is someone Everyone in it is someone. Uh, but the actual most recent older film I saw was a... Holy shit. It, <laughs> it's, a, it's a Chuck Norris film from 1991 called The Hitman, which appeared to have been influenced by Hard Target because he's got the Van Damme greasy mullet thing going on. Nice. And it, there was quite a thing about the poster where he had this really odd mullety hair. It was just strange. And it's a really... Unlike a lot of Chuck Norris films... It's a genuinely very violent thriller. Like, like he oh, tends to, okay. He tends to do action rather than, except for like, there's a couple of, like Invasion USA is very violent, although he doesn't tend to perpetrate it. But you it, it, it just the bad guys are so horrible. Invasion USA, um, Hitman is really like it's really violent, and it's a fun. It feels like a fun TV movie to be honest. Um, but it's, it's quite it's quite a rewarding film. But it's 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 not it's not a normal Chuck Norris film, which again. That's not necessarily damning with faint praise. It's it's it was an interesting rewatch sort of thing. Um, and then uh, the, the most recent film that I've seen, which I adore, is Scoob. Oh, is it good? I loved it. And and by the way, um, it it's not necessarily as good as all that, if that makes sense. But I just adored. It was ninety three minutes. It's funny as hell. It's got an amazing cast like Wahlberg and all these other people. You know, it's like loads of cam- like cameo appearances. Tracy Morgan plays Captain Caveman. Like there's there's all of uh, Zach Efron as Fred. It's fantastic. Um, and <laughs> nice. Like, 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 like yeah, Will Forty plays Shaggy. And the, the origin is wonderful. Like like because just to let you know, it's I thought the whole thing was going to be an origin story. Like, like as kids, 
Yeah, it starts off that way, but it, it does actually grow them up as well, and that's done really well. Like I really, I mean, Jason Isaacs is stick dastardly. Get in, like, oh, like God, that's... honestly, so much fun. I won't call it good, good. Like, like it's not, yeah, great. It's not, it's not like, it's not like Incredibles, if you see what I mean. But, but I. But not every really, film has to be. I was, no, I was super into it. Like I was super into it. I just really enjoyed it. It's very inventive, very funny, loads of in jokes, like loads of little Hanna Barbera in jokes and things like that. And I really, really liked it. It's like strong reviews, right? Yeah, and I, and I can understand that because I think it's arguably kind of fluffy. Like it's arguably fluff, you know. Um, but for but for a Saturday night eating our dinner, you know, like and I and, and it was it was as fun as I wanted it to be. Like it was as fun as I wanted it to be. I'm nice. not sure it's I'm not sure it's any more than that. Like it doesn't have the emotional heft of a Pixar thing. Although it does have some moments. Like there are some emotional yeah, there's a few heartstring moments. Um, love the music. It's just really upbeat and bouncy. And um, like I'm the sort of person I really liked the first Scooby Doo live action movie. I'm not gonna say it was great, but I really liked it. Like I had a lot of fun with it. And this isn't the same as that, but I'm not I'm not comparing them and saying if you like that, you'll like this. But I really, really enjoyed it. I, I just I fully recommend. Like, like I, you won't sit there going, "Well, this is shit." You'll just, even if you just go, "Oh, that was fun." Like, that's kind of it was all it needed. You know, does that make sense? Like, yeah. I just no. I just, hey, it was just, look, it's it's on my list of things to watch, and I'm super, super, super keen to watch it. So it's really good. I mean, I really, I, I'd be surprised if you go, "Well, that was shit." I, yeah. I, I think you'll at least think it was a laugh, and it blasts past like it's oh, never done nice. for a second. Oh, I shall be giving that a watch this week at some point. So uh, last night I watched, uh, it's been on my Netflix queue for ages, and I think you've spoken about it, and loads of people have spoken about it, and I, I had real good expectations for this film, um, and uh, I don't think I laughed once. Oh. Uh, and it's a film from 2001 called Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, I love Wet Hot American Summer. Literally didn't oh. laugh once. Not once. Not once. Wow. Not once. That's... That's genuinely a shame. Have you ever seen Halfway the TV through, show? Have you I, seen no. Well, this is it. I thought I'd watch this, and if I liked it, I'd, I'd watch the show. Halfway oh, through, sure, I was, I just picked, I started picking up my phone. I was like, I'm so bored, but I'm going to play it out. And the ending was just ridiculous. I like I'm the so whole. I'm so surprised. It is completely nonsense. You are you aware that the TV show? You know, the TV show is like 20 years later, obviously. Yeah. Like from when it was made, and it's set the night before camp. Like it's set the night before where Hot American Summer takes place. And you've got the entire same cast playing all their roles. That's that is actually funny as fuck. It's absolutely particularly people like David Wayne, who's now like you know like fifty whatever. I grew up with films like like Meatballs and Porky. So this is more of a ribbing of that. This isn't yeah. Then that's it. It's a comedy. It's a spoof, really. Yeah, but I I think that the problem was it was like it just wasn't. It just it didn't work as a satire for me. It didn't work as a spoof, and it didn't work as a comedy. Um, just didn't genuinely didn't genuinely disliked it. I love Christopher Maloney in it so much. Um, and the other film I watched the night before, and I I don't think you're going to get too a bigger contrast of two movies, right? Mm. The night before, I watched uh, Marriage Story with uh, Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver. I'm not sure I could bring myself to watch that because it's about a director splitting up with an actress or something, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. And seeing as my girlfriend is an actress and I'm a director, yeah. I don't think I can handle that right now. It's it's a genuinely good film. It it deserves the plaudits. It deserves the the the, the nominations it got. Um, mm. Laura Dern is fantastic. Scarlett Johansson is mm. fantastic. Adam Driver in a film for the first time where I've liked him in a film. So did you ever watch Girls? Because he's fucking yes. incredible in Girls fucking hated i didn't hate that show i hated how that show ended and what it became i i liked it when it started i wasn't a huge fan of adam driver in it i thought he's amazing in it i thought he's a bit of a whiny bitch if i'm honest i I, I sort of see that but i think all the characters characters by the end of the last series lena dunham had crafted a bunch of characters that were Mm. so unlikable oh yeah yeah genuinely if if someone had if the last episode was someone coming in and Skull fucking Lena Dunham to death. Mm. My sympathy would be with the serial killer. Yeah, the last series was pretty cool. But I will say that, like, she did some really interesting things. Like, and I and I know she sh- <sighs> sounds mean. Like, I'm not saying she shouldn't be celebrated because she is a, a voice and all of that shit. Mm. But but the the 
the presentation of her is upsetting. So, like, you, know, you just go, just sharp, like, like, just sharp. But I do think she's a talented white <laughs> trail actress. She, but here's she's very talented. She just shouldn't ever be allowed to talk. But, but one of the public she did that was well, there's that. But then one of the things I think she did brilliantly, and I know it's a small thing, I know it sounds silly, but very early in Girls, she, the fact that Marnie, played by Alison Williams, who's like objectively the hottest girl, is shown to be the one who's shit at sex. Because yeah. she's never had to bother. She's never had to try yeah. to do anything. And I, I'm not saying that, and that sounds kind of incel, but I don't mean it like that. I mean, I think that's a really wise, like there was some really astute observation. And I love no, the it guy. Was, it starts I off. Remember, yeah. I it started off brilliant. super astute and super smart. Yeah. And it ended up yeah. being just everything that Lena Dunham became at that point. Which yeah, I just, see that. And, and, the distillation of what people thought she was as opposed to yeah and it, it was always her trying to say to people her oh, well this is what you think and i'm like yeah i i get it i i you know i was a massive fan of hers at first i love the fact that she wasn't afraid to flaunt her body which which by I you know by agree, media yes. norms Again, so, yeah, yeah yeah by objective media norms is is not the type of body you tend to see on i loved i love that i loved how she wrote women and Men, I I really adored the first couple of seasons yeah. of Girls, but it just yeah, okay. went off a bit so fast. Yeah, I can't I can't disagree. The bit when he becomes like an actor, like a famous actor, was very yeah. strange. And like, it's like it such a weird thing to write. And, about. and, and counter, I I thought that Adam Driver was so he was written so unlikably that I just. But then, yeah. So I think. Weirdly, but anyway, I, weirdly, I re- weirdly, I really liked that about it, and I can't explain why. I just responded to it. You know. <clears throat> but he was fantastic in Marriage Story, and it's the first time I've seen him on screen where I haven't wanted to slap him. Um, and that's you know, that's like enough. he should never have taken his mask off in Star Wars ever. Oh God, uh, ever. Like, uh, but him taking his mask off would be the same as like Darth Vader taking his mask off, and it's Dave Prowse. Right. Yeah, that would be shocking. You'd be like, yeah. oh, it's a guy from Cornwall. Oh, that doesn't work. Does yeah, it? oh yeah, it's a guy from. Like, like yeah. literally, the moment he took the mask off, I was like, oh, it's the the whiny guy from Girls. That's just spoiled this for me. I sort of get that. Also, um, <clears throat> so is that was that your most recent film, sort of thing? Yes, yeah, Marriage Story. Excuse me. So, um, so today, British films, Ross. We like British films, don't we? Uh when they're not. We've made films. British. films. Yeah, well, that's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> what is a British film? I mean, that's the biggest thing, right? Well, I always, can I, I always just say, the... can I just, can Go I on. at the very beginning of this, can I just say, on my list, there is no Bond and no Potter because they are not British films, despite what every fucking list says. Uh, they see, are American I've, studio films. I, I disagree with early Bond films. I think early Bond films were British films. No, they weren't. <laughs> I think they were. Cubby Broccoli is not... Coming Broccoli's company is not a British company. No, they're not British films so, at all. Okay, what makes what defines a British film? Let's Google this bitch. Uh, most where, where does, British... well, well, the definition is where does the money go back to? And if the money goes back to Warner Brothers, you know. What I mean? But then every, every then Train Spotting. No, 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 by, no, by no, 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 because Train Spotting was a Channel Four film. I've got yeah, but it wasn't funded by Channel Four. That money came in from, from what I remember, I think that money, like Channel 4 Films is invested via, like, I'm, I'm sure there's... Yeah, you can, um, gather investment, no, you can gather investment from wherever, but if the company that made it and the company that makes the money is British, it's a British film. I don't think that's an unfair definition. 70%, so, ah, here you go. A British film given a definition, The Guardian from 1999. I'm going to the most current story I can find here. Uh, 70% of the film's budget must be spent in Britain. And 70% of the money allocated to Labour must go to either European or Commonwealth citizens. Well, that's going to change soon, but fair enough. Yeah, uh, that is the 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 funding def. Anyway, so um, what makes a well? So I'm going to give you the BFI's top ten, and then we'll kind of give a we'll kind of talk about the films that we we like. And this is for me. This is not the best. I don't think you can do a best. I think you can do a favourite, right? Favourite. Yeah, I agree. One thing I did note when researching this, I've not seen a lot of good British films or considered to be good British films. I'm sort There's of a mixture. A lot I haven't seen. So um, number one, uh, so let's do it's number 10, Train Spotting. This is according to the BFI. Number sorry, nine. Is, sorry, just to clarify this, what's going on here. This is the BFI top what, top 10 British films. Ah, to frame our conversation. So number 10 is Train Spotting. Number nine is The Red Shoes. Number eight is Don't Look Now. 
really, really hated that film. Number seven is Kez. Number six is Kind Hearts and Coronets. Number five is Great Expectations, 1946, David Lee. Uh, number four is The 39 Steps, Alfred Hitchcock. Number three, Lawrence of Arabia. Number two, Brief Encounter. They really like David Lee. Um, and number one, The Third Man. Usually it's Lawrence of Arabia that comes number one on a lot of these things. Yeah. So that's that's the BFI's top and they're very typical, very standard, very typical. Isn't nothing wrong with those films, though. If I'm honest, I've only That's seen cool. a handful of those. I've seen them. Go through them again. Train Spotting. Yeah. Uh, the Red Shoes. Yeah. Don't Look Now. Yeah. Kez. Yes, as a child, long time ago. Yeah, as a child, yeah. School normally, right? Kind Hearts mm-hmm. and Coronets. Yep. Great Expectations. No. 39 Steps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. Yeah. Brief Encounter. Yeah. I don't think I've seen Brief Encounter. Yeah. Long time. I've uh, got TV as yeah. before. Yeah. And away. Third Man. Uh, yeah. So I've seen nine, to be fair. That's <laughs> not bad. Although That's a few good. Of them More are, than me. A few of them, uh, two or three of those are long enough that I can't really remember them, though. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. No, still. Yeah. Totally. As an analytical sense, I've seen, say, six of seven of them. Six. Like... If you had to pick your favourite British film of all time. <clears throat> well, hang on, we go straight to number one. Yeah, well, so can we, because we're not doing a list as such. I just want to, like, I just want to kind of all work right, okay. from our favourite okay. British film of all time. All right, I've got you. Okay, fair enough. So my favourite British film of all time, if I just have to say one, it's Get Carter. It's, yeah, Get Carter is awesome, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's still um, awesome. And still awesome. Well, um, it is. It's still awesome. You watch it now. The soundtrack is incredible. Kane yeah. is incredible. The back to basics way it's made. It's not back to basics. You know what I mean? Now it still yeah. runs. It still runs. I, I, I find this a really hard question, right? Because do I go by the film I enjoy the most? Do I go by the film <clears throat> I've watched the most? Or do That's I go by point. the film I've... Because if it's the film, I've, if it's the British film I've watched the most... And the British film I enjoy the most, mm-hmm. then it's Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels for me. Because I've watched that's, that film that's, more than yes, that's, any that's British film. Up, that's very, very high up on my list. Right? Literally, yeah. I've watched Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. I could watch that film probably once a week <clears> and never get bored of it. It's I don't know about just, that. <laughs> I don't know about that. But it's, it's definitely one of the ones I've watched. Actually. a fun film. And I still think, and I've said this to you before, and I still say it to this day, it is... One of the best films of the 90s, and it's one of the best debuts of a film director ever. Can I also say that right now, as of speaking, it's still his best film, as in his most entertaining film, but it helps. Yeah, I get that. And and it holds up, and in my opinion, Snatch does not hold up. Snatch is still fun. Yes, but it doesn't hold up as well. Snatch of its day, whereas Lockstock has a bit of a timeless quality about it. It could be set in the 50s. Yes, exactly. Or 70s, sorry. It almost works as a period film. Almost. Yeah, it could be set in the seventies. It could be set in the nineties. It could be set today. Yeah. Um, Snatch also relied on like stunt casting and all sorts of things. Yeah. And I don't mean that to sound negative. It's an enjoyable film. No, I think Lockstock great. Lockstock works as it's. Lockstock has like a universe of it. it's like like it, it just completely works. Whereas yeah. Snatch feels like it's pulling from different things. It which, feels like he's tried to go Tarantino if that makes sense, which is completely logical, by the way. There's, yeah, nothing yeah. Wrong, there's nothing wrong with how that and, came and together. And the stunt casting is fantastic. Brad Pitt it's, as a, as a gypsy boxer. Dennis Farina. Dennis Farina. Alan Ford delivering one of the greatest British performances of all time, I think. Like, and also, he says, also introduces than... Steve... Yes, he does. He also introduces to Stephen Graham properly, which yes. is fucking awesome. And actually, to be fair, properly introduces to Jason Statham. More, more than Lockstock does as well. He's, it's, a, it's really funny. If you watch Lockstock, Statham isn't in it that much. He's in it, but he's not in mm. it that much. No, Lockstock is Nick Moran, Nick Moran and, and um, Jason Fleming's movie. And, and Dexter to a degree. Dexter to a degree, but it's mostly like, it's quite heavily Fleming, Dexter and, and, yeah. and Moran. Moran for sure, yes. Whereas actually Snatch, Jason Statham proves, that was a film where people said, well, actually, he, he's a leading man. He's the guy. Not only he's the guy. good looking. Not only is he charismatic yeah. as fuck, yeah. but he can act. He, yeah, he's yeah. got acting chops, which is why I'm a bit disappointed that he's almost defi- defining himself as the new Steven Seagal, you know. Yeah. Like, he's, not had bad, right? he's had some exceptions. I loved, um, what was it called? They called it a few different times, Hummingbird or Redemption. Yeah, Hummingbird was really good. Great, fucking great film. Yeah, really great film. 
So, like, if I had to go by that, <clears throat> that would be my definition of them. But is it the best British film of all time? No. But no. it's not on no, any no, no. top 100 list ever for, of British it's not films. A top, Empire it's, not a it's not on a top 100. No, it's think, not in the think, Empire top 100 list of best British films. I think it is. I think it is on Empire, you know. Unless I missed it. It's definitely no, not I on think it, I think it is on Empire because I had a quick look. It is on Empire. Oh, maybe I missed that. Yeah. Um, it's so, slowed so, down, but it's there. It's slowed down. So for me, I'm, I'm like, I was like, you know, that's the film I've watched the most. But then, like, and, and again, I've seen to sway quite heavily towards, like, there's two genres, two two decades in mind, really, 70s and 90s. Yeah. Like, 70s, so I put on my list, I put Get Carter, obviously. Quadrophenia, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. which is a film, I think I like the soundtrack more than the <laughs> film. Love the film. I was going to say, I'm not the biggest. I appreciate the film. I'm not the biggest fan of the film. Like I said, I don't, I don't think about it ever, and I hardly, yeah. I hardly ever watch. Like I think I've watched it once and a half or something. I don't think I've ever watched it more than once properly. Lockstock is number seventy-five on the BM. Oh, okay. So I must have completely missed it. Yeah. And then the the Italian job. Of course, that's on my list. Of as course, well. right? Because it's the Italian job, right? And also, and, again, also, and also heavily influenced Lockstock. Heavily influenced Lockstock. The ending is, you know, it's so good. And and the thing about the Italian job I love is it is objectively a fucking awful movie. I don't know. I don't think that's true. It's I not think, great. I think it's, I think it's I think it's a very self-knowing goofy romp. I don't think it's, it's awful. I think it's, I think it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. But it's a lot of fun. But, but yeah, it technically technically other stuff, stuff. It's yeah. It's 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 not like a well-made film. It's not like I you mean, know. The, how, whoa, 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 whoa. It's well-made. It's well made. I think it's well made for its time, but I think. Oh, I think it's well made. But I, it's but I adore it. I think yeah. the Italian job has some of my favourite moments in cinema, not least the yeah. ending, the, the mini chase. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Oh. And also, it, and I think it, it does a good job of building up the characters beforehand. I really yes, do. I think it, I think you're it does right. build up all the characters. <laughs> and Michael Caine. Just... By, by the way, I'm not saying it's the best of all. I'm not. No, sure oh, it's no, hey, you know, yeah, it's on my list. But it's just a I, lot I of fun. It. And it's, and I would say it's re- very rewatchable. It's a lot of fun. Um, and, and I did put, although 60s, but I did put Goldfinger on my list. Because if I had to pick a Bond film. Oh, I agree. No, no, I, I agree in principle. If you, if you go by the fact that the majority of the crew, the majority of like the the, the core roles, and you know it, a lot of it, most of it was shot in England. Goldfinger is is about as close as a British film you're going to get for a Bond film, I think. Probably, although then again, you could say that about Skyfall, which was pretty much just in Britain. Which was great. Yeah, and to be fair, Skyfall. Barring, oh. chi- barring, China, barring China. Yeah, uh, Skyfall. You know, you know me. Skyfall is my favourite Bond film to rewatch. It's the slickest Mission Impossible version of Bond you're gonna get. Um. So, so those are kind of my my kind of like. So, so I did like yeah. So I had that, and then the nineties for me, I had like where's the Winter Life of Brian? That was seventies as well, wasn't it? I thought Life of Prime was like very early 80s. Oh, good call. I good thought Kyphon and Grail were like, I think Grail Gray, and Brian. I've kind of put those as a joint entry, to be honest. 79. Oh, okay, fair enough. It just, just creeps in there. But yeah. yeah, I mean, you can't have a list of British films without <laughs> like, uh, like Life of, Bri- uh, Life of Brian it's and Holy, Holy Grail. Grail. Holy Grail and Life of Brian 3 are just the same film. <laughs> I know they're not, but like they're the two. Like, I don't think you can have one without the other, to be honest. No, you couldn't. And I, I think for me, they're 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 the, the perfect example of like British humour. Yeah. How are you on Carry On films, Ross? I haven't put a single one in my top ten or twelve or whatever. But just in general, what's your thoughts on them? They're just bollocks. See, I they're I cheap, grew up they're cheap, they're cheap and cheerful. Like like even things like I'm All Right, Jack. You know the Peter Sellers one. Like they're yeah. all fun. It's just I don't. They're not really enjoyable to watch anymore. And I don't, by the way, I'm not talking about whether they're. I don't care about political correctness. The more believe, the less politically correct, the better for me. But I don't. <laughs> I don't place them anywhere. You could say as an institution, like like I haven't put a Hammer film on, on here, and Hammer was an institution and deserves respect, like an Amicus and stuff. So like I just haven't. I haven't put films, any of the films from any of those on there, not so, because they don't deserve mentioning at all, but I just. 
They're not my favourites. Like I wouldn't I, call a Carry On film a favourite. I grew up with two films, two types mm. of films in my house. Carry On Camping. No, no, but do you know what? Boing. For me, you know, let's be honest, I probably cracked a few out on Barbara Windsor in my time. Oh, undoubtedly. I'm not even knocking that either. That's still not my favourite. I've also started quite a few like Sicily Suburbia. I'm not a I, I grew up with two two types of films in my house, like Carry On films and Elvis films. Fair enough. So weird I have, I have a, I know, right? I have a very, <laughs> very close affection for Carry On films. So I added Carry On up the Kyber on my list. Which okay. for me is my favourite Carry On film, because um, yeah. but I could have put Carry On Camping because again, if you want to go to the films I watched most when I was growing up, it'd be Top Gun, yeah. Carry On Camping, and Alien Three. Sure, yeah, okay, fair enough. <coughs> yeah, just, just like a slightly a slightly bizarre selection of movies, but you know. Mm. Um, so and I'm just going for my '90s ones, and we'll, we'll kind of get your thoughts on on them. The '90s, obviously, Lock Stock, right? Goes without saying. Um, I put the full Monty on my list. Of course, same. Because it's just a, it's just a, I mean, not only what it did in the box. And I remember, right, I was dating someone at the time and I didn't want to go and see it. I wanted to go and see Air Force One. They both came out at the same time and she won. And I was in an absolute piss for the first 10 minutes of the full Monty. I just wasn't like, I'm like, I am not going to enjoy this fucking film at all, deliberately to be a cunt. And you can't not, fall in love with that film it's brilliant i was not put it on my list you could put it is, you could i was gonna say brassed off is like the the, the the sister film isn't it yeah 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 but full wanted is one of those films that you just can't not love um by the end certainly by the end and then my last my last two from the 90s uh obviously i think i said train spotting before but um four weddings and a funeral again you know I love Four Weddings and Funeral. It has yeah, the that's best very, that's very, very ever. high up on my list. That's very high up on my list. Ever. <laughs> you know, like, literally, if you want to, like, again, kind of announce the arrival of a movie, of an actor, of a writer, of a director, you just kind of go with that opening scene. Yeah. It's just brilliant. Um, I mean, yeah, so so that's kind of, and then obviously Trainspotting. I've got one other film to get to when it comes, we get... get Trainspotting, is, Trainspotting is massive. Yeah, Trainspotting... Train spotting changed my life, and I'm going to give mm. a massive shout out to T2 Train Spotting mm. too. Yeah, I love it. I think I love we're it. the only two people in the world that love it. I can't understand that at all. I, 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 it's just brilliant. That's one of the think, final shots of all time as well. Yeah, and I think it's. Got, I think. Time. I think it, it's probably one of the only films that's ever been made to appeal directly to our age group that watch Train Spotting. That realised that actually, yeah, for the most part, life wasn't what we always dreamed and it would be. And it's harder than, you know, and, and things don't always work out as you want. And then Trainspotting 2 just perfectly encapsulated revisiting those characters years later. Exactly mm. what you'd expect. Yeah, so, I think that's Love it. So go on, Ross. Talk me through some of your favourites. OK, so hang on, sorry, just want to check in one thing quickly. Just curious about. Just checking something that I need to be very quickly about countries of origin and stuff. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. So, just that. So, Skyfall, country of origin, United Kingdom and United States. Goldfinger, to be fair, just says United Kingdom. So that's interesting to me. So, yeah. Anyway, so there you go. Um, so I'm not going to mention any ones we've already mentioned, unless I've forgotten, because I've kind of bolded the ones that you've mentioned. Nice. Best British best British crime film ever, and I love Get Carter, but I think it's a revenge film, not a crime film. It's a film called Face from the nineties, which is oh fucking fuck, amazing. I Face fucking is, adore Face. Face is, Face is fucking amazing. Ray Winston, Phil yeah. Davis, Robert Carlyle, Robert Carlyle. Oh my god, Face is unbelievably good. Amazing heist movie, and no one talks about it. No, no one. one talks about it. It's fucking brilliant. And it was, and, was it an, Antonia Bird. Correct. She passed yeah. away, unfortunately. She, yeah, made she did. Yeah. It was amazing. She was amazing. a great director. But, oh my yeah, God, Ravenous, face. Ravenous, what a Ravenous. shout. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. And it's uh, never 20... on any list. No, it isn't. And that's insane. Uh, 28 Days Later. I can't remember if we've talked ah, about that already. No, so that was that was the one I haven't mentioned yet. Uh, that's my 2000s. But um, oh, the 28 Days Later, uh, for me, scariest horror film ever. Uh, Best British horror film ever, potentially amazing. best horror film 
ever. Amazing. I love debut, it. I like Killian Murphy's like debut basically and all that stuff and, and amazing cast in it. I love the fact that everyone goes, well, at the end, it's not, it's not about zombies. It's just about a bunch of people shouting at each other. It's like, no, it's about the fall of society. Yeah, yeah. We're sort of living in it a little bit at the moment, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. These things are yeah. becoming uh, slightly press- prescient right we've, now, right? We've already talked about Monty Python, so crossing that off. Uh, Shaun of the Dead, of course. Oh, shit. How did I not get that? <laughs> I mean, I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so that's fine. Uh, and then I'm sort of down to honourable mentions. And Shaun of the Dead was fantastic. People forget again all of this with Simon Pegg shit. All of this shit started with that. Shaun of the Dead. Space, obviously. Yeah, but Shaun of the Dead is... Shaun of the Dead is special because Hot Fuzz is funny and it's a great film and we've talked about this a lot. Should right? be a long time to like that film, but yeah. Um, but, like, Shaun of the Dead is was the first time someone spoofed the zombie genre by making one of the best zombie films of all time. Exactly. It's still an actual zombie film as yeah. well as being a comedy about zombie films. Which and, is quite and then, tough to pull off. Yeah, it is. And then then you put into that some real sharp humour and a love for the genre and you kind of have a brilliant film rather than just and a brilliant zombie film that stands up there with Dawn of the Dead as a fucking great zombie film. It has genuinely apocalyptic moments in it, which is rare uh, for anything, including serious films. Uh, Okay, so a lot of a bunch. I will just mention Hot Fuzz, so I'll cross that. Uh, Okay. So I'm just I'm just gonna I will just list these because if you want to talk about what we'll talk about Four Lions, yeah. which I think is incredible. Yeah. Of course, Morris film. Uh, the Ip Cress file, uh, the uh, the Michael Caine one, obviously. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, which is a very strange. It was a brilliant antidote to the Bond films for those who haven't seen it. Yeah. Because it was a very down and out, not not down and out, drab almost uh, secret agent living the life that you just know that it was actually like 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 <laughs> this is how this is how spies live. Um. And, and, the whole, and the series was fine, like the sequels were fine, but the first film, particularly the first hour, because it really spirals off into madness in the last hour, uh, which is great. Uh, that's cool. Um, I, I, a very uh, the most recent film on my list, I think, is Paddington. Oh no, really good shout! I love Paddington. Paddington. Well, I actually film. potentially would say Paddington Two is better. I still haven't seen it, and I will see it. And oh my god! I know, I know, I know. Everyone keeps saying, I know, I know. I need to sit down. Mate. What we want to do, what I want to do is like at Christmas, watch them both. Yeah. Something like that. I meant to try and do it last oh, time. It didn't work out. Buddy. Um, yep. Buddy. Let me tell you, buddy. Um, buddy. Sexy Beast. Sexy Beast is fucking yeah, good. Yeah, grateful. Uh, Dog Soldiers, of course. Yeah, Counter to Sexy Beast. Also, you've got Nil by Mouth with. Uh, um, I'm not a this fan. Is a I, this is supposed to be a fun film. film, but I don't like watching that film at all. Like, I no. don't feel it's his favourite films. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's a well-respected film. I just think it's fucking awful to watch. It's uh, sexy, sexy Beast. Yeah. Sexy Beast is awesome, though. Uh, dog Soldiers. I love Dog Soldiers. Mm. Uh, yeah, you don't? Mm, yeah. You don't like I, 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 always, I always thought it was a bit of an overrated movie, but again, I need to go back and watch it because I haven't watched it in a very long time. My last one, by the way, you will kick yourself unless you somehow mentioned it before me. Uh, uh, Zulu is terrific still, um, I think. <laughs> Don't uh, you throw those bloody doors at me. Yeah, exactly. Was that. Uh, two more before the last one. So Dead Man's Shoes, which I love. Obviously, yeah, Dead Man's Shoes is good. Is I can never watch still. it again. Yeah, I've watched it twice. And the second time was really, really hard, actually. And it's fucking good. Uh, Shallow Grave, uh, <sighs> just as a precursor to all the others. Because it's fantastic thriller. Really I haven't seen Shallow thriller. Grave in forever. And again, you know, I moan constantly about streaming services not having mm-hmm. films on them, you know, mm-hmm. that you, you'd want to watch. Shallow Grave, just again, can't fucking get it anywhere. And it's like, no. come on, man. Shallow Grave is a fucking amazing film. Tremendous. Holds up as well. Really, really uh, sort of slick gritty and slick kind of like yeah, yeah. great film great film my last one i'm gobsmacked you haven't mentioned is hellraiser oh shit so okay honestly because it is a british film hellraiser is a british film yeah that's why i didn't mention it so for me i probably oh. didn't realize it was a british film oh i see yeah. so I for me hellraiser. i probably i probably considered because of the franchise yes and I think the second film was American, right? So I think... Uh, well, certainly the third one was definitely American. Maybe the second one as well, but the third one Actually, was definitely... the third one is my favourite. And it's, it's the most fun. But the first one is extraordinary. It's, it's Doug Bradley's really, It's well. really upsetting. It's really upsetting. 
first film is genuine. It's yeah. really visceral and horrible and stuff. Oh, the first film's grim. And it has like, it has the uh, American Werewolf in London moment, right? That yes. that one effect where you just go, oh, good. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's how all the about fuck that. Do that? Right, yeah, um, exactly. And the line before it is brilliant as well. Nice. Uh, that's a very good point, actually, while we're talking. Maybe just going to check one thing. Because... <laughs> Checking something. No, because because of sure. the wonderful Oh right, well, American Wolf in London is it is it was a UK United States co-production. Because American Wolf Yeah, I was considered American Werewolf show. to be an American film. It's it, well, it's both, so it's a co-production, so yeah. 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 Interesting. What a great list though. There's some great films if you've not seen them there. Um yeah, watch all of them. And, and, like, don't get me wrong, there are probably hundreds of good films we missed. I mean, uh, so not a film I could rewatch loads, but I, I've always had a thing with Ken Loach where I appreciate him, but I find his <clears> films are <throat> so relentlessly grim. But The Angel Share from a few years ago. Oh, I heard I that's very that. good. Yeah, I heard it's I very good. It. It's one of those films where you just go, wow, it's Ken Loach doing something that's got his kind of, not, his kind of thing but mm. with a bit of a knockabout air element to it. Yeah. Oh, well, we, I, did, we, did, we, we didn't really touch documentaries, but Senna and Amy are both amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, if you look at documentaries, I think Senna especially. Senna is incredible. Senna is incredible. Senna was a film that I just forgot I was watching a documentary completely. It was fascinating to me, the way it was told, the story was told through the film. Yeah, Senna is, uh, is just, yeah, it's such a good film. It, like, Genuinely, and and it, it kind of it launched that that series of kind of documentary style. Was Amy uh, before it or afterwards? Amy was after it. Uh, um, and a, a similar line, and again, you know, nothing related to anything. I watched Apollo Eleven this week, and that's a fucking brilliant film. Oh, I should watch that. I've heard of me. Yeah, it's on Netflix. So cool, Ross. Where can our wonderful f- listener uh, find out more about you? <laughs> where can our two or three listeners find out about me? Um, two of Ross them. Boyer. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, is that us? Is that us? But two more us and Jenny listens to it as well. So it's three, motherfucker. Um, so uh, on all the social media things, uh, check out at Ross Boyas. Uh, also, please check out at Evo Films UK for the Evolutionary Films social media channels. We're doing some more live events on YouTube very soon. Uh, we have some films coming out. Uh, please check out Soundtrack to 16, which is a really genuinely sweet teen coming of age that movie. That looks really good. I've, I've seen quite it's a lot. It's really good. It's it looks really good. It's genuinely a good film, really sweet and pleasant and had really good reviews. Uh, and it's made by these two very talented sisters called the Shakespeare Sisters, which is their real name. Uh, and uh, and yeah, we've got and we've got a thriller coming out soon called Trick or Treat, which is excellent, set in Blackpool uh, with Jason Fleming, funny enough, uh, Hugo Spear, oh, nice. uh, Chris Marshall, and Frank Francis Barber. Fantastic. Uh, and there's going to be a live broadcast event about that film uh, on the 28th of May. There you go. Nice. Uh, on YouTube. Uh, so please subscribe to the Evolutionary Films YouTube channel. Uh, and uh, and then uh, check out at Vengeance Film UK for the Vengeance franchise social media stuff announcements coming sort of soon about the release date in summer. Ah, uh, yes. Sort, so. sort of so- you keep, soonish. You keep us. We're waiting on you our keep- wonderful North American distributors <laughs> to, to announce. Once they announce, we can announce. That's cool. Um, www.philsquickreview.co.uk for more about me, the website, the podcast, the blog, the reviews and everything else. Um, we will be back in uh, yeah, maybe a week, maybe two weeks, but we'll, we, we will be back. So I'm enjoying this kind of regular thing we've got going on. Oh, before we oh. go, so I totally forgot to tell you about, you know, about four episodes of the podcast ago, we were looking, I was looking, we did our whole streaming thing. And I said yes. that there was a film called The Fast and the Fierce and I have to yes. watch it. Yes. I watched it. Is it wonderful? It's the asylum, and it's not as shit as I wanted it. Like, like you know when you go, it's like I expected a level of crapness, mm. and it it was better than that, which was. Right. And I don't know how to cope with that because if it was shit, you kind of go, "Well, it was shit," mm. but because it wasn't quite as shit as I expected it to be, mm. I, I'm confused by it. But if it's, <laughs> it's, emotional. it's interesting. I mean. I still emotionally confused you. I was yeah, it say, did. I, I genuinely think the asylum, the, the film company, because I know them a little bit and they're very nice people. Um, I genuinely think that they should have like a tagline for their company, which is like, um, you'd have to be out of your mind to enjoy these films. <laughs> like the or, asylum, or not as shit as you expect. 
Right, yeah, exactly. No, no, Roma's it's, that too. They're always fun. Honestly, I mean, they've fun. basically stepped into the, the what New Image were doing years ago, right? When New Image was doing all these kind of crappy, low budget. And I say this with affection because yeah. I enjoyed Monster Man, the killer yeah. um, monster truck movie. Um, by the way, I also watched that Killer Sofia thing. That was shit. Oh, Killer Sofa. Yeah, it looks pretty yeah. good. The artwork that was incredible. Yeah, that was genuinely yeah, I mean that is the that is the archetypal can thing for me, mate. It's the it's the amazing poster that mm-hmm. gets you to watch a film, makes you go, oh. Have okay. you watched Death? Have you ever watched Deathbed? No. Because Death, I think Deathbed was the inspiration for Killer Sofa, and it's uh-huh. just look up Deathbed. <laughs> it's really fun. Okay. So, so next up, next up on my list of asylum type movies is Clownado. Yeah, that's hilarious. So we'll be back in a couple of weeks, a week, somewhere. We'll be back somewhere. We'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. Clown Nado. Yeah. I shit you not. It's that star Brian Dennehy. What? Because we we found out that Brian Denny was in loads of these. Um, <laughs> we did. <laughs> so it's actually called Clownado. Cursed. Oh, it's just it's not it's just a load of clowns. It's not like they're actually in a whirlwind because that would be incredible. Oh, tell a lie. Tell a lie. No, cursed demonic circus clowns set out on a vengeful massacre using tornadoes. A stripper, <laughs> Elvis Presley, a truck driver, team runaway, and a dude gets a dude <laughs> gets caught in a supernatural battle between Femme Fatale and the clown boss from hell. What is that between Femme Fatale and the boss clever? But a dude, like just some guy, just like, a, dude. a bloke. So in the UK, that would be a bloke, <laughs> like a, bloke. a stripper, Elvis impersonator, a truck driver, a team runaway, and a bloke, and a bloke. In... <laughs> and a dude. Unless it is the dude. And this is the dude. That'd be even better. Hello, right? Lebowski. Hello, Lebowski. The director <laughs> of this film is called Todd Sheets, by the way. I, 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 he's directed I, 49. He's directed 49 films. And I bet every one of them is. He's, yeah. Right. I'm not sure.